Laura Henson with Jay Proctor Farms in Lingaville, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Thanks so much for taking time to join us for another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we're getting an in-the-field assessment of the wheat crop with the Kansas Wheat Quality Tour this week. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. A new organization dedicated to advancing food production in the Texas Panhandle is officially opening to the public on Friday with a special event in downtown Amarillo. I'm James Hunt and we'll have more details on Texas Ag Today. There's good news for farmers as there has been a softening in the fertilizer market in the last few months. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have a report on fertilizer prices and the supply chain outlook on Texas Ag Today. Seeds of optimism are being planted with this year's Texas cotton crop. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The Kansas Wheat Quality Tour is underway this week and should give us an on-the-ground estimate of the quality of this year's Kansas wheat crop. Texas A&M Grain Marketing Specialist Mark Welch says this tour will be closely watched by wheat traders. The big wheat tour coming up in Kansas this week is going to be, uh, I think, very insightful to either affirm uh, that, uh, yeah, this thing is really going to be short, or you know what? You know, wheat's an amazing crop. Uh, maybe there's more resilience out there than, uh, than our models and crop condition ratings would have indicated. Uh, so uh, I think uh, looking for those on the ground, out in the field uh, assessments are going to be very, very important over the next several weeks. More than 100 crop scouts are making their way through Kansas wheat fields this week. Day one of the tour included 318 stops, and scouts came up with an average yield of 29.8 bushels per acre. That is much less than last year's day one yield of 39.5 bushels and half of the 2021 day one yield estimate of 59.2 bushels. Texas will be well represented at the World Livestock Auctioneer Championship coming up in a couple of weeks. One of the qualifying auctioneers is Andy Bomeister, who owns and operates Lampasas Cattle Auction in Lampasas. He says it's been a long road to get to the World Championship contest. So in 2018, I went to the qualifier in Holdenville, Oklahoma. Um, I did not make the top 10 at that one. The next one was in the fall of 19 in Crawford, Nebraska, I believe. 
Didn't make the top 10 at that one. And finally, I went to, um, I think it was Winchester, Virginia. Made the top 10 there. Um, so that was for the 2020 WLAC, and that was when it was in Nashville. Well, then COVID hit. So we had to take a whole year off. So 21 was when we went to Nashville, done the big one in Nashville, and then uh, qualified again in Virginia for 22. And then this year, we had the qualifier in Longview and qualified to go to Florida. Bowmeister says it is a good feeling to make the championship contest, but it does stir up the nerves. I'm nervous. I mean, really, it, it's it's a nerves that they're good nerves, you know, and I'd say when those run out, that's probably when you quit because yeah. it's it's not fun anymore. But it's a, it's a great feeling. I, I love it. You're getting up there and, and performing and, and still, but, but like I say, you're working and, and trying to make somebody else some money. Three other Texas auctioneers have qualified for the World Livestock Auctioneer Championship. Shannon Davis of Winsboro, Lane Marbach of Victoria, and Troy Robinette of Decatur. A new organization dedicated to advancing food production in the Texas Panhandle is officially opening to the public. James Hunt says they'll kick it off with a special event in downtown Amarillo. Friday, May 19th, is the date for the official public launch of The Range. That's the new organization we've talked about previously that is seeking to advance agriculture production and technological innovation in the Texas Panhandle. Matt Garner is the executive director of The Range. The reason that we're thinking about The Range as mainly agro-technology driven is because we produce beef and dairy products at a size and density at scale that no one does in the country. No one does it in the world. You know, we're 30-something percent of the nation's beef, and we're one of the largest dairy sheds in the country. And when you combine that, there's no one else that has that capability. The RANGE is an acronym for Regional Accelerator and New Growth Engine. As the RANGE moves forward, it will be working with what Garner refers to as stakeholders, which include local beef and dairy producers, packing plants, farmers, banks, higher education institutions, and people from many other walks of life. What this looks like when it's successful is that you'll have a membership organization that most of the stakeholders in the region are members of. They govern this organization. But in the end, the goal is to create jobs, create new innovation, new technologies, and have companies either begin here, relocate here, or expand. So, and that's usually what you see when you have highly functioning innovation economies. If you'd like to know more about this organization, The Range is having a public launch event at 3 p.m. on Friday, May 19th, with representatives of The Range and local leaders sharing more details. Again, that's Friday, May 19th at 800 South Polk in Amarillo. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Fertilizer prices have come down recently, and that is good news as we get into this 2023 growing season. Tom Nicoletti has more. My guest today is Corey Rosenbush. He is president and chief executive officer of the Fertilizer Institute, which is based in Arlington, Virginia caught up with him recently in uh, Washington, D.C., and uh, Corey, certainly a fertilizer prices for Texas farmers and, and ranchers and those across the country over the last uh, year, 2022, and, and certainly in the 2023 are still uh, going through the roof, but what, what's your outlook? 
fertilizer markets have definitely been the hot topic around agriculture in the last 18 to 20 months. Uh, I think the volatility is really what uh, kind of shocked everyone uh, as we went into uh, planting last year. I think the good news for the uh, farmer is that we've seen a little bit of a softening in the market in the last few months. I think farmers are kind of waiting and seeing what happens with that price before they make a commitment. We've seen a little bit of a bounce back from some of those January, February declines. But generally speaking, I think our biggest concern is what's going to happen with the supply chain. There's plenty of product out there. We don't necessarily have supply issues, but with some of that wait and see approach, it's going to definitely create a little bit of disruption in terms of forward supply and our, our distributors getting that product in the right place for when the demand does come. We're still seeing really high commodity prices. We know there's going to be a lot of high planted acres. Global stock to use ratios are going to drive demand. And so there's going to be a need for fertilizer and that could potentially see a little bit further uh, really fluctuation in those markets. Generally speaking, when the farmers do well, we need ag retailers to also do well and manufacturers to do well. We all succeed together. That is Corey Rosenbush. He is president and CEO of the Fertilizer Institute. I'm Tom Nicolotti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Seeds of optimism are being planted with this year's Texas cotton crop. Gary Joyner explains. About 30% of the Texas cotton crop has been planted thus far. Most of the remaining acreage is on the Texas High Plains. The area is the nation's largest cotton patch, about 4 million acres strong. And it is productive. The Texas High Plains produces 66% of our state's cotton and cottonseed. It produces 30% of the nation's cotton and cottonseed. Recent moisture has given High Plains cotton growers some much-needed momentum after devastating drought. Seeds of optimism are being planted with the 2023 crop. In 2021, Lynn County was the number one cotton producing county in the nation. Growers there and elsewhere on the High Plains would love another bumper crop. It's interesting to note U.S. paper money is made of 75% cotton and 25% linen. There's no doubt the High Plains economy is made of Texas cotton and area agriculture. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. A pair of U.S. lawmakers from Texas are working to extend a pilot program that helped Texas landowners control and eradicate feral hogs. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And most lameness in horses is due to issues with the feet, but it can come from other areas. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Most lameness in horses is due to issues with the feet, 
But Dr. Bob Judd says some lameness can originate from the hip and pelvis area. Dr. Thomas Daniel Jr. indicates in the horse publication that lots of hip and pelvic issues are underdiagnosed in performance horses. He sees quite a bit of inflammation at or around the sacroiliac joint. Dr. Julia Tomlinson indicates that the pelvis has been overlooked partly because problems in this area are difficult to diagnose as we have better ability to image the other joints. However, now we have better diagnostic tools as in the past. We only had x-rays and taking x-rays of the pelvis of a horse is difficult due to the size and it also requires general anesthesia. Ultrasound is readily available to most equine practitioners and can be useful in determining the size of ligaments in the hip and pelvis, but nuclear scintigraphy is much more effective. This test involves injecting the horse with a radioactive material, and then the sedated horse is scanned with a gamma camera. Areas of increased radioactive uptake show up as hotspots and indicate areas of bone remodeling. The four main conditions affecting the horse's pelvis include fracture or dislocation of the pelvis, sacroiliac strain, or osteoarthritis. Dr. Robin Daybriner from Caldwell, Texas, indicates that many of these conditions require extended rest for several months. Anti-inflammatories can also be used, and corticosteroid injections can be performed in the sacroiliac joint. Previously, these joints were difficult to inject, but the injections are now more accurate due to the ability to see the needle actually entering the joint by using ultrasound. Many of these horses with pelvic injuries require months of physical therapy to regain their level of performance. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A pair of U.S. lawmakers from Texas are working to extend a pilot program that helps Texas landowners control feral hogs. Jessica Domel has the story in today's Wildlife Report. U.S. lawmakers from Texas are fighting to continue a program designed to help landowners combat the ever-growing feral swine population. Earlier this week, U.S. Senator John Cornyn of Texas introduced the Feral Swine Eradication Act to extend and make the Feral Swine Eradication and Control Pilot Program permanent. Senator Cornyn said feral hogs have caused millions of dollars in damage across Texas, and we need every tool at our disposal to combat the widespread problem. He said the pilot program has successfully reduced the amount of feral swine across the country, and making it permanent would allow us to build on its progress. The feral swine pilot program was included in the 2018 Farm Bill. It included $75 million to help landowners control feral swine through the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service and USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service. The program included feral swine removal by APHIS, restoration efforts supported by NRCS, and assistance to producers for feral swine control through grants with non-federal partners. The bill Cornyn introduced... S-1613 is co-sponsored by Senators Ben Ray Lujan of New Mexico, Tommy Tuberville of Alabama, and Raphael Warnock of Georgia. The bill has been referred to the Senate Committee on Agriculture, Nutrition, and Forestry. On the House side, U.S. Rep. Monica De La Cruz of Texas introduced a similar bill in February. Her proposal would extend the pilot program for five more years. Feral swine are a growing problem in many parts of the United States. They root up farms, pastures, lawns, golf courses, and even cemeteries. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. 
A higher close for the cattle market on Thursday, but cotton and wheat dropped lower. We'll check out all the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-sized weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Higher close in cattle futures on Thursday, both live and feeder cattle ending in positive territory. We had slight gains in live cattle with June up 70 cents, 165.52. The August up 50 cents, 163.62. October live cattle up 67, 167.75. Much bigger gains in the feeder cattle market. Weakness in the corn market over the last few days, helping to support feeder prices. May feeder cattle up $1.55, 206.10. August feeders up $335. 234.50 with September feeder cattle up 327 at 237.22. Cash fed cattle market still quiet. Feedlots holding out for better money this week. The Packers were bidding 167 earlier in the week. However, feedlots asking 172 and better, holding out for higher money. Boxed beef prices higher on Thursday. Choice up 36 cents, 298.51. Select up $1.68 at $284.57. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. We're with Benny Cox. Producers in Cargyle had a sheep and goat sale Tuesday. Benny, how was it? We ended up with sixty-four twenty-four for the whole sale. We didn't have any wool lambs to speak of, not even castrated lambs. We actually had some long tails that had horns, ramblays, and they're getting ready for that holiday of sacrifice on those. That's kind of what they targeted. Some of those were crazy higher, but not any, not any that would have gone to a seed lot. Let's put it like that. These slaughtered lambs across these hershey types, they brought fifteen to twenty-five dollars higher on the lightweight. With some pressure on these heavy weights, some of those were selling a little lower. Slaughter ewes, they were. 8 to 12 lower. Kid goats, uh, 20 to 40 lower. The slaughtered nannies, they were from 80 to 152, but mostly 111 to 140. Your slaughtered billies from 180 to 248. On the line end of those uh, hair sheep slaughter lambs, some of those showing some drought weather stress down as low as $2 and up to 257 off some real neat little little uh, lightweight. The heavier lambs from 150 up to 220. And then uh, over 210 or so on those heavyweights probably were maybe some new lambs that might have gone back to the country. Slaughter you, they were from 70 to 110, but mostly 69 to 77. Kid goats, self from 230 to 354, but mostly 290 to 323. And that's, you know, second week, these goats have fallen off a good deal. And, you know, this is not the time of the year for them to get higher. So, so uh, maybe uh, if those goats are the right size and ready for a person might consider selling, might give me calls last week and uh, actually a first of this week. And, and like I say, it's just, it's not the time of the year that these goats tend to get higher if they, after they start falling off, right? Uh, what's the verdict on the cattle sale as of today? 
Uh, we got about a hundred on the yards. There's older cows and calves down there that won't sell together. I'm sure. Um, I'm guessing we'll be a good deal shy of a thousand this week. Tell everybody how to contact you, Benny Cock. I'm in my book. My mobile is 325-234-4277. The office is the same area code, 653-3371. They can always look at the web, which is producersandcargyle.com. Maybe that's it for Walking the Pins on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm your host, Larry Marble. You're listening to us on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now, where lean hogs finished higher in Thursday's trade. June hogs up 42 cents at 85.30. July hogs up 5, 85.60. Class 3 milk steady to higher. May milk unchanged at 16, 19, 100 weight. June milk down 37 cents, 15, 95, 100 weight. Cotton market finished slightly lower. A disappointing export sales report Thursday morning pressured prices a bit. 132,000 bales was the number. That's about half from the previous week. Exports of U.S. cotton in the past week, 332,000 bales, about the same as last week. July cotton down 28 points, 86.66. The October down 22 at 84.53. December cotton down 17, 83, 72. The corn market was mixed. The nearby contracts pressured by another cancellation of U.S. corn purchases from China. That's the fourth cancellation we've seen in the past four weeks. July corn down six and a quarter, 555 and a quarter. September corn down one and a half, 495 and a half. December corn up one and three quarters at five dollars and three quarters of a cent. Big drop in the wheat market on Thursday. Double-digit losses on hard wheat. Cancellation of export sales weighed on the market. Also, rumors of European wheat exports coming into the southeastern U.S. We close with July Kansas City wheat dropping 28 and a half, 857 a bushel. July Chicago wheat down 13 and three quarters. 611 and three quarters. In the energy markets, June natural gas was up 22 cents, 259. June West Texas crude down 92, 71, 91 a barrel. The financial markets were higher Thursday afternoon. The Dow up 148 points, 33,568. The NASDAQ up 196 at 12,697. The SP up 42, 4,200. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.